together. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for this day and for this opportunity, Lord, to lift high the person and work of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Lord, that we, um, unlike many other people who are putting their faith into their works or into a, a graven image, we are putting our faith into the one whose faith was perfect, and his name is Jesus. And, and Jesus, you are, you are God. You are, you are the, creating, uh, the creator of all things, and you have saw fit to, to place uh, life into our very existence. And, and on this, Lord, you have redeemed us and saved us and, and, and filled us with your Holy Spirit uh, because of this great power through the cross and the resurrection. Lord, we are humble today that you would look upon a group of people who are filled with sin, who by nature are sinners, and because of that commit sins, Lord, of doing things that are wrong and also not doing things that we should be doing. And so in that, you still, in the midst of while we were sinning, you sent your Son, God, to this earth to take on human flesh, to dwell amongst us, not to, to, to be rich, but to give up the riches of heaven in order that he may become the least of these in order to save the least of these. And so, God, as we have gathered as Mission Church in this place, as believers in Jesus, glorifying your name, desiring to make much of you, Jesus, we are thankful, God. We are thankful for your atoning sacrifice, for the substitution that we should have died upon that cross, and yet you submitted and you gave your life for your sheep. And so in that, God, we are humbled and yet motivated in much hope, because on that third day, Jesus, Lord, the grave could not hold you down, but the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit flowed through those veins once again. And as you arose and came forth, and as you called us to share this good news and the gospel until the ends of the earth, Lord, you have seen fit for in this moment, in this time, on this Resurrection Sunday, for us to declare once again that Jesus is alive. And so, Lord, in that, Lord, we pray, Lord, that if there are people here today that are still dead in their sins, that you would resurrect them according to your power and your grace. Lord, we pray for the believer that is in this room. May they walk and live in resurrection power, Father. May we not just simply be people who have an intellectual faith or a philosophical or a moral standard of being, but may we place all of our literal existence in the hands of a resurrected King of kings and Lord of lords. And all of God's people on this day said, Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for being here today. My name is Eric Baker. I'm one of the pastors here at Mission Church. On behalf of myself and those of us who call Mission Church our church home, thank you guys for being here. We have this mission, and that is to make much of Jesus. That's why we say, even in our mission statement, that we want to worship Jesus first, that it is about worshiping Jesus and then making disciples and then multiplying through church planting and, and seeing other disciples made. And that is what this congregation is about. It is about Jesus and man, any time that you try to make or I try to make it about something else, we can quickly be disillusioned from the, the truth of what the gospel is. And so may we be reminded today, as Pastor Justin read this scripture, of what it must have been like 
for a couple of ladies who are going to attend and, and to, to attend to a, a body by placing herbs and, and ointments and probably perfumes upon the decaying body of Jesus. And what it must have been like uh, uh, for them to be mourning, still in mourning, thinking about Friday, thinking this thing is over with. We have dedicated three years of our existence of following every move of this guy who spoke weird stuff, said crazy things, healed people, walked on the water, and yet declared he was going to die. And yet they did not believe him. And he did. And yet, on that first Resurrection Sunday morning, we see a total change in all of existence. On Good Friday, we remember Jesus and His sacrificial death upon the cross. Jesus didn't pass out from the pain on the cross. He died. Death is the loss of life. It is the loss of feeling. It is to be Numb. It is to be unresponsive. There is nothing on this earth that causes more emotional pain and separation in our lives than death itself. Jesus wasn't sort of dead. He is completely dead. He was placed into a borrowed tomb and sealed with a stone. But on Resurrection Sunday, when these women come to check on this body, Jesus wasn't there, amen? Y'all got to be a little bit more than Baptist today. Y'all can't be the frozen chosen, all right? Jesus is alive. Do you get this? All right? He, they go there, and they're not there. Anybody got any dead relatives? That's tough for us. That is emotionally difficult. We set aside Sundays to go remember them and place flowers on their tomb. Imagine going to that place and your relative not be there. This is the cause of what's taking place, that, that he, they are alive. Jesus is alive. Imagine for a moment that transition from death into life. Jesus lay cold and stiff without life in complete darkness. His chest does not expand with air. There's not the faintest of heartbeats and there's zero brain activity. Like we often see in television and movies, a family gathered around a, a dying loved one and, and watching that EKG machine flatline. Jesus is dead. For three days, his body lay there, nothing. Then early on Resurrection Sunday morning, a, a slight flicker of a heartbeat begins to beat inside of his chest. It begins to pump now blood throughout his body. His chest act the cavity begins to move up and down as his lungs fill with oxygen. His brain begins to turn like a slow-moving locomotive as it begins to fire on all cylinders. His, his arms and his legs begin to switch and his eyes go from being closed to wide open. There's not a person on the planet that if they could witness this um, of a, a lost loved one that would, would not be overcome with great emotion and celebration as their loved one moves from death back into life. Like how Mary and Martha must have felt as Lazarus, who was dead after three days, was raised from the dead. We can only imagine the joy of seeing 
their brother walk out of that tomb. Even this past week, Ava come home and she's got this little friend named Allie at school. And, and Allie, she said that Allie was running around school and she was all excited telling friend after friend. She's like, my grandfather came back from the dead. And of course, Laura, and they're trying to figure out what's going on here. And, and her grandfather flatlined a few weeks ago and they were able through modern medicine and through the grace of God to bring this guy back. But she wanted everyone to know at school that my grandfather was dead and now he is alive. Man, what a, a testimony of how we should be as well. That Jesus was dead, not kind of, he didn't swoon um, on the cross. He didn't faint on the cross from the pain. He was completely dead. But now, what? He's alive. And being alive changes everything, doesn't it? changes everything. The resurrection of Jesus Christ has changed eternity. Jesus' resurrection has reconciled his people back to God for all of eternity. Eternity is, is not something that starts later, but is something that starts right now for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. What was broken is now healed. What was divorced is now reconciled. Death is ultimately separation. Separation from God. But because of the resurrection, ladies and gentlemen, we are now reconciled to God. Not to lessen what Jesus did upon the cross, but without the resurrection, Good Friday is just another Friday. It is just another day where many men, like in our country and across this world and across human history, have died for noble causes. But none of them have laid down their lives absorbing the very sin of God's children and taking it upon themselves and fully drinking the wrath of God. If God can raise Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, from the dead, then tell me one thing that he cannot resurrect within your life. He can do it all. The same power that was in that tomb on the first Resurrection Sunday is the same power that rests in this room right now. We must, ladies and gentlemen, learn what it means to walk not as dead men walking, not as women who are dead walking, but as people of the resurrection. If your marriage is in trouble today, then the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead can heal your marriage. If you're broken in sickness and pain, in bondage, in depression, in darkness, or, or whatever it is, may you have hope and be reminded today, even in the midst of that pit, may you look high, and even if it's a pin drop of hope, may you see the hope of an empty tomb. Jesus is alive and the same power that was there is the same power that is here on April the 5th 2015 in Bowling Green Kentucky in the midst of something that wasn't even known by man at the time of Jesus's resurrection but yet that continual eternal thread is now resting in this place and it is an unstoppable force we're going to spring the a whole spring and summer talking about that very very idea here at mission. This is the truth. I think a lot of us have 
come to the death of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, and we see the pictures and the images, and we are moved by the brutality of it. We are moved by the depths of love that it must have taken for this man to absorb the wrath of, uh, of God. Yet, by this reason of, of why he has died, and, and we should be, but brothers and sisters, um, we are not simply cross-Christians. We are resurrected Christians. We live in, in, in lieu of, in, in realization, and in view of what? The resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus has changed history. All of human history has been changed by Jesus. Whether you believe it or not, Jesus, a peasant, a son of a carpenter who is God, forever changed the course of human history. More books have been written, more songs have been sung about Jesus than any other person in human history. Even our calendar is divided based upon his birth, life, death, and what? Resurrection. B.C., before Christ, A.D., Anno Domino, in the year of our Lord. So even if you're not a believer... You cannot deny that something did happen. I want you to know, if you do not believe in Jesus today or that he was a real person, then you've got to have more faith than the people you consider to be foolish who believe in Jesus Christ. It's going to take you more faith in that. And so Jesus was a historical figure, and so we must respond today. Either he is Lord, lunatic, or this man is a liar. But I want you to know, he's Lord. He is Lord. It is important for us to understand this is not just a Christian event, but it's a historic one. Our world changed that day. And Christendom has continued to spread throughout the globe. It's an unstoppable force because of what? The resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus, because he is alive, also changes people's lives. It did then and it does now. Just think about Jesus' family. As we read the Gospels, we quickly learn that these family members, Mary even had questions about this. We see, I believe in the Gospel of John, that even says that Jesus' brothers did not believe that he was God. Until what? Until the resurrection. Until the resurrection and after the resurrection, what do we see happening in Jesus' very brothers and sisters? I want you to know in my household, we have a very open, open relationship. Around the table is time to communicate. It is time to share what's on your mind, whether appropriate or inappropriate. I'll give you that. But it is a time to share. And I can imagine, like we did as a family like last night, sitting around the, the dinner table at my parents' house and me looking at them and saying, all right, I've got an announcement. I am God. Worship me. And yet Jesus, in his course of ministry, is saying over and over and over and over that he is God. And when they saw his resurrected body, and as Jesus visited with these people, it changed their total attitude toward him. Mary began to worship Jesus as God. James, 
the very brother of Jesus, became one of the, the leading missionaries in sharing the gospel in Jerusalem. He wouldn't shut up sharing the gospel so much that, that, that Christian history tells us that they eventually stoned him. To the point stoning is either you toss stones at somebody and it beats them until they die, or you can push them off a cliff onto stones. So it's believed that it's been a mixture of those things, that they literally took James, who's preaching the gospel all the way to the very temple mound and they shoved that brother off of that temple mound the highest peak of it onto a grouping of rocks and it didn't kill him it crushed his legs and history tells us that even with crushed legs as he laid there on that heap of rocks he was still proclaiming that Jesus is what Lord he's the resurrected Lord it changed their lives. They gave their lives. The disciples gave their lives for this. They eventually took a club or some other stones and, and beat James's head in as he proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is it not this week that, a, that brothers and sisters in Kenya are still giving their lives, 147 university students sitting in their dorm rooms as militant people come into their, their lives and question them on their beliefs and following after Jesus, and 147 of them gave their lives. Why? Because it is worth it. Jesus gave his, we give ours, he is resurrected, we are resurrected in him forevermore. Jesus is alive. Are you awake? Yeah. All right, make sure I'm not in the tomb. Jesus is alive. We got to get this. If it's not changed your life, then you need Jesus. Because it has. The disciples went, even as we see the gospel, sometimes that I mean, is a, a ragamuffin band of misfits who are constantly missing the point of Jesus. Much like children, they have an adult answer and they go doing something that is completely childish. This is the story of the disciples. Until what? Until the resurrection. And then they give their lives. All of them except for one died as martyrs proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ all but John. And listen to what they did to that brother. They dropped him in a bat of boiling wax to kill him, to martyr him. They pulled him up, and he's perfectly fine. I mean, you can't kill a dude that you bowl alive. So all they knew to do was to put him out on an island by himself in excommunication. And what did he do there? He had a revelation from God and wrote the book of Revelation that we read and then have hope in today. Why? Because Jesus is alive. Jesus appeared to others and even 500 people all at once. He ate with people. He drank with people. He spent time with people on this earth. There were even points in the scripture where, where we're told by some of the gospel writers, hey, if you're wondering about this, if you're questioning this, there are some of those people that are still alive. You go ask them. And what do we know that they're going to tell him? Jesus is alive. Ladies and gentlemen, many of us here today even are examples of how Jesus has changed our lives. Many of us in this room can give testimony of what Jesus has done as we have gone from thieves 
to immorality, to drunkenness, but also to religiosity, to being churched up, to being thinking our works in some way are going to save us. And I want you to know, many of us in this room could give testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of seeing the hand of God at work in our lives. Why? Because Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's alive then. He was alive now, and he is alive forevermore. And when Jesus is alive, ladies and gentlemen, that changes everything. We extend to you today the invitation to repent, to turn from your sins as well, to make Jesus your Lord in life. And I want you to know the fruit of Jesus truly saving you is a changed life yourself. And so if you're churched up, if you just know a bunch of stuff, but there is no change, religious brother, religious sister, we encourage you as well to turn to Jesus and to truly submit your life to following after him, not because because of what you have done, but simply placing your faith in a perfect faith, and that's Jesus's faith. We've had some people, and it, the Bible tells us that we should learn from the mouth of babes that the, God often speaks, and we have been calling people in our existence over the last two years to come to Jesus, to repent, to turn, and to profess Jesus with all of their lives. And we have two people today that are, are going to be the testimony of the truth that Jesus is alive and that Jesus has changed their lives as well. And so I'm going to take a moment to pray for us, and you pray for them. I'm going to ask them and their families, they're, they're smaller people, and so we're going to ask their families to come with them as well as I pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for this day and for this opportunity, Lord, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy, Father. We are thankful, Lord, that we are not just simply cross-Christians, but that we are Christians who walk in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, God, we look forward and thank you, God, for the testimony um, that these precious children have today in, in, in the realization that you have saved them and, Lord, that they are committing their lives to following after you. And so, God, we ask that you would move greatly in this place as we witness these beautiful testimonies that Jesus is alive. He's alive. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.